How's it going, Angela? Hey, Frank. It's going well. How about you? I'm doing awesome. You're always doing awesome. You're so positive. It's a new year, and there's nothing but um, progress and prosperity in front of us, right? Goodness gracious me. Yes, <laughs> uh, that, that is my, my hope. But more than hope, I am thinking about how I can make that happen. There you go. So today, let's talk about how we can set goals for 2019 and how we can make sure that they happen. Right. And, you know, by the time you listen to this, we will be a, a little bit of the way into 2019. But I, I think that, you know, the, the funny thing about New Year goals is that you can work on this at any point in the year. You can apply some of these uh, approaches to any product, a project at any time. Uh, it's just there's a natural kind of reset on midnight at, of December 31st. And so why don't we talk a little bit about what we do there? So Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to your point, like even for myself, like I'm going to be going through a big shift uh, in the beginning of March. So even for me, like this stuff is really only going to be like kicking into gear, like in about a month and a half. So. But anytime's a good time, right? Absolutely. So why don't you tell me a little bit then about how you plan for a new year? So the first thing I like to do, Angelo, is uh, to go back and read my last year's retrospective. So every year, I take the time to write uh, a retro about how the last year went. And in doing so, like I've been doing this for a few years now, like maybe like five or six years. And it's actually really interesting to be able to go back and see, you know, like, what were my concerns back then? And, you know, how have things evolved over time? Have you noticed any kind of trends over time? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, like, three, four years ago when I was, like, starting off freelancing. Um, I guess more like the financial side of things was <laughs> a little more up in the air, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like... Will I be able to afford my lavish lifestyle? Um, right. Yeah, yeah. So that was a lot more like prevalent back then. Now it's more so about, you know, just sticking to the basics. And I find, you know, just making sure I'm healthy, I'm fit, you know, I have energy, and I'm willing to do like the small things to make, you know, to to make myself successful pretty much right right set yourself on a on a trajectory towards achieving whatever you want to achieve right yes exactly so at the beginning of the year i read last year's um retrospective and that kind of informs the way that i'm going to approach um writing the retrospective of the year that just passed so okay say for this year i read my 2017 year in review to see where I was at the end of 2017. 
And then with that in mind, I write my 2018 year in review. And this is such a fun process. Like I, I highly, highly recommend it to anyone out there who, uh, you know, who just, you know, likes to take a bit of time to sit back and, and reflect on like, you know, where they've been or how far they've come. Like it's, it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I, um, I've never, while it's certainly something that I think about, uh, it's never really been something that I formally wrote down, you know, putting pen to paper, uh, except for very recently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the way, uh, part of, um, part of the reason for that is because I've also recently started being a lot more intentional about uh, week to week kind of retrospectives. Uh, where I I write down a bunch of stuff, and I I, I see the value of um, going back and seeing your progress over time. Uh, so I think that's certainly something I'm going to try for coming years. Yeah, and it's and it's nice because it kind of I don't know how to say this. It kind of like dissociates you a little bit from from what's been going on, like in in your day to day. So it really gives you like some perspective when you look back, like over, over like maybe in your case the past few weeks or or even like the past few years, and say like, wow, like this has been a problem for like three four years now. Like, and is that something that you just kind of sit down and write? stream of consciousness style or do you go back and look at you know notes or projects you've worked on you know like collect some kind of um evidence or or mm-hmm. you know other timelines to to write up these um these year in reviews um it's mostly stream of consciousness like i'll go back and i'll have a quick look through like my calendar for the past year see like were there any like really mm-hmm. big events that um that i want to make sure like i don't miss or for example i'll look through like all my completed projects and omnifocus like over the past year to see like okay is, is there anything like really big in here that i should be talking about that either went well or didn't go so well right um, but once I have that all fresh in my mind, then it's really like, you know, sit down, stream of consciousness, you know, spend a few hours and like bang it out on a keyboard. And this is something that's just for you or do you post it publicly? Um, I do it just for myself, but a lot of people do post these things publicly. And that was actually like starting out. That was actually like kind of my source of inspiration. Right, you know, like reading. I I always found it like really cool to read uh, other people's year in reviews, especially like you know, like the online entrepreneurial type of people. Like, I love reading about that stuff and seeing like, like what what are their struggles and how has their business evolved over the past year? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It kind of like it's kind of nice to see them like you know peel back the curtain. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you can uh, see what's going on behind the scenes. Like I find that so fascinating. Right on. Uh okay, so then you've written your year in review based on kind of your your feeling for how the year went, based on, you know, looking at your calendar and and your task manager and 
compared it to the previous year's year in review, and then what? Um, yes. What does that do for you? So that kind of informs, I guess, the like the goals that I want to set for myself, the objectives that I'm looking towards. You know, like what's far out on the horizon, but is that you know, like what do I still think I can attain within the year? You know, so that that whole process is just to you know get me in the right mindset to figure out you know what's really important like what do i want to like nail down this year and and yeah and that and i guess that's kind of where like the whole like new year goal process right. starts right and is that something that you also write down like what your 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 goals and plans are for the current year or is that just something that uh by write down i i mean sort of in uh in prose rather than uh the other option being like okay i start creating some projects in my task manager or whatever how do you approach that usually i'll i'll write them down at the i'll usually write them down at the end of my year in review Mm-hmm. So when I look back later, I know like, okay, this is what I was going for. Um, but I think what's more important is like updating my horizons of focus. Like, so for the GTD folks out there, the horizons of focus is, you know, where do you see yourself in three to five years or where do you see yourself in one to two years? And just making sure those things are up to date and, you know, reflect kind of like this new reality that I want for myself, right? Because essentially what we're doing is that we're here at the beginning of the year and we're trying to imagine where we want to be in like 365 days from now. Right. So, so you're writing your goals kind of like in anticipation of your 2019 year in review. Right. So that's kind of like, that. that's the approach that I like to take. Making sure like those things are up to date. Because I know... If that's up to date, then that's something that I'm going to see on a regular basis. What I think is the wrong thing to do is, you know, write out, write down some goals, tuck them in a drawer, and then never look at them <laughs> yeah, for the rest absolutely. of the year. It definitely helps to um, revisit what you've been planning to do for the year. Uh, just keep them at eye level in a sense, you know, Mm -hmm. so that they're always at the front of your mind of like every decision that I'm making, well, maybe not every decision, but the, the, the important decisions that I'm making, how do they advance or otherwise compromise these, these plans that I have? Right. Um, so in a a way it's like a filter, right? So you, you take all yeah. of these decisions and you put them through this filter of the goals and the things you you set yourself like you set yourself up for for 2019. Yeah, exactly. And and that's one thing that uh going over uh my uh weekly retrospectives I realized was that I wasn't doing a very good job of tracking my progress on any of these goals that I had set. So, uh, at the beginning of 2018, I wrote out 12 goals that I had for the year. Met almost none of them. I did a terrible job of achieving any of them. 
which we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that because I wasn't reviewing my progress on them, and also partly for, for other reasons that we'll go into later, um, the uh, the fact that they were kind of out of sight, out of mind, was predictive of their demise, you know? Um, so definitely, I think that that's uh, just constantly reviewing. That that was the one thing that I learned is review the progress and you'll be able to make decisions on whether, first of all, it's even a goal you're still interested in keeping. Right. Yeah. And um, secondly, like, as we spoke about last week, like, why do th- some things stick and why do others not, you know, becomes a little more clear when you're constantly reviewing these things. Absolutely. And, I mean, there's no point in feeling bad if, you know, your goals change over the course of a year, right? Like, 365 days is a long time. Sure. And and a lot can change within a year, so, you know, there's no point in, you know, for us to beat ourselves up over things that are no longer important. Right, exactly. Um, I think where I have to be careful is that I am I'm really really good at rationalizing reasons to drop things mm. uh, and these are often uh, very nonsense reasons they're not always like a good reason uh, so that's where that accountability to yourself is is really important let's let's sidetrack a little and talk about those weekly sure. retros because that kind of that i find that really interesting like what like how do you go about it like what's your process for for right. doing a weekly retro sure um so i um take an hour or so every every sunday and i look back on the last week to see how it went. And uh, this is based loosely on, maybe not so loosely, on the All the Things course that was put out by Sean Blanc as part of the suite setup. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll put the link in the course notes. Uh, It was a pretty useful introduction to the kind of hybrid productivity system that, that they use which is uh, both using a task manager and a calendar on your computer and also using a notebook. Um, so what I do is uh, I look back and I see, you know, what did I have set as, a, you know, my top three goals for the week? Mm-hmm. What things happened during the week that um, were otherwise important or surprising? You know, what were my, like, my wins for the week? I'll go back and look at uh, what kind of roadblocks I faced and, you know, what prevented me from meeting whatever goals I had. Uh, you know, sort of um, tracking your wins and losses. Mm. Um, what have I learned in the last week, you know? And sometimes it's something as simple as here's how you center something in CSS Grid or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, just a, a, a you know a line of of code. 
Mm-hmm. Other times it's, you know, some kind of deep personal insight that I, oh yeah, this is a thing that's very important to me that I didn't realize before. Uh, and then I also uh, review sort of uh, what I want to improve on for the next week. Uh, because, you know, kind of the point of all this is to do better every day. And um, A laudable goal. Yeah, sure, sure. And so I combine that with doing, you know, the typical getting things done review in in OmniFocus uh, and mix that in with a little bit of um, sort of tracking the progress of the goals that I've had. So I'll see, you know, what progress did I make against my main goals for for this current uh, time period, let's say, like this month or this week? And uh, did I achieve what I was hoping to do last week when I reviewed their progress? If so, set the next milestone. Hmm. Uh, If not, you know, figure out why and try and either decide whether or not that project needs to be done away with or, you know, uh, tweak my system so that it'll be more likely that I achieve that goal. Wow. So you're kind of going through this whole like planning for a new year process, like on a small scale on a weekly basis. Yeah. Well, it makes it a little bit more bite size. (laughs) That's nice. I like that. That might, that, that, that is something I can see myself incorporating into my own review, I think. Yeah, and, and you know, I used to write these down on the computer, but, like, lately I, um, I, I write it all up in my notebook, and I just like being able to flip through it and see how things have been going. So uh, that's been working really, really well for me. Cool. Cool. I, I'm sure we could do a whole episode just on notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm kind of picky, but kind of not. So who knows? Um, all right. So let, let's move along. So, so far, I've read my retro for the year before. I wrote my retro for 2018. I've chosen like the goals and kind of where I want myself to be at the end of the year. And then this is where I think the magic happens in the process for me is I try, like, I take some time to figure out what kind of systems do I need to put in place to make these things happen? Because I know, you know, if I just tell myself that, like, oh, I'm going to do this, it's probably not going to get done. If it stays up in my head, it's not going to stay there for very long. For example, in 2018, I finally started going to the gym regularly, which for me is... Monumental success. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. It would be for me. This was like a a highly unlikely thing to have happen. Um... And, like, we talked about it a bit last week, uh, 
on like what helped with that um what helped in that success but another thing like the system that i had put into place for that was for example during my weekly review find you know three time slots in my calendar where you know where i'll go to the gym and that too has been really helpful because now every time i do my weekly review on sundays i know that i'm going to take you know like two minutes to figure out okay when am i when am i available to you know go to the gym and and do my program and yeah and then once it's once it's booked in the calendar like i know it'll get done okay that's that's something really interesting for me because i have tried the idea of um hyper scheduling my day where you know all kinds of time blocks are set up for what I want to work on and when. Mm -hmm. I've tried um, saying, I'm going to do it on X day. And somehow, I think, you know, I'm, I, I might just really be bad about setting dates with myself, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but somehow, like, things fall by the wayside. So just because it's on my calendar isn't a guarantee that I'm going to make it, you know, uh, a thing that happens. Uh, is there other factors that you feel help with uh, beyond just setting the, the date with yourself for going to the gym? Um, yeah, but first I just want to, just want to point out that I'm not like, I'm not like hyper scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. No, day, right. So sure. You know, I, I, I do try and give myself, you know, a bit of leeway before and after things, you know, in case. Yeah, it didn't work for me either. I just <laughs> in seems case like, uh, life gets in the way. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that just be like uh, my misinterpretation of it. But um, so, yeah. So not only is this scheduled and I'm going to the gym like at certain times, at certain like predefined times during the week, but also uh, I'm going with someone else. So, you know, Shelly and I go together and I know that if, if, if I don't, if I decide to not go, then she's going to drag me there against my will right. regardless. And so, yeah, it's been, so, so that's worked really well. So all this to say that if you can figure out a way to build a system around a goal and kind of, you know, plug that into something in your life that already is happening on a regular basis i think right. it can it can help a lot with success yeah, yeah. that makes sense and uh, certainly when i was um commuting to work making uh sort of a pit stop at the gym before going to work uh, was easier than now where i work from home i don't have to leave the house ever right um well I shouldn't say ever, but I, you know, I, I really don't have to leave the house on a daily basis. So I have to go out of my way to get to the gym. Um, and that I think adds a little bit of, um, that, that, you know, resistance, habit, killer friction. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think part of it, um, for Yeah, me. for sure. Because it, it's so much easier, I think, to you know, kind of like change or rejigger your habits when you're slotting it into like 
either before or after or between things that you already do. Yeah. So, you know, if do you have like, like this sort of like wind up routine that you do when you get to work or, or some wind down routine that you do before you, before you leave work? You know, those might be good times to instill new habits, like, for example, you know, keeping inbox zero or yeah, something right. like that. So, yeah, go through the list of goals and I try and figure out what, what are the systems that I can put in place and how can those systems fit into, uh, fit into the life that I already have. And then finally, um, as for what to do specifically for those goals, um, essentially... In other words, how, like planning how to achieve those goals? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like how will this manifest in my life, right? Like how do I... Right. What does the actual human being, Frank, need to do in order to get to the goal. And in this point, I feel like I, I, I take this from James Clear when he talks about, you know, habits and, and talks about make things so mm-hmm. easy you can't say no. And that's generally what I try to do. So something like uh, in development, for example, it would be like write one test per day. If like myself, you're trying to get into uh, TDD or or something like, I don't know, walk five minutes, you know, like walk around the block every day. Yeah, right. To get some exercise and fresh air. Uh, so that, I find this point is hard because it can feel like these things are so trivial, but in starting small, it gives you something to build off of. And over the course of the year, like, even if you're doing only like 1% more every day, you're going to end up like light years ahead of where you are now. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, to continue with the going to the gym theme, you know, when you start small and you say, I'm just going to go and try, you know, moving, never mind like any kind of, you know, just moving around. Hmm. Um, and just added a little incremental bit towards some some goal. Uh, it gets uh, very much to be a part of your routine when you see the progress happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy to turn that into your routine because you feel good. You know? Yeah, you, you see that progress, and you're like, "Hey, I'm I'm doing stuff. Things are are, are on their way. Yay." Yeah, you have like this internal sense of pride, right? Like you're you're making hard decisions to build a better life for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, you've got your system in place. You've got your goals that you've, you know, that you're you're working towards. Um and I think that's a good way of taking kind of the wish list of New Year's resolutions and and turning them into actionable plans. Um, That's something that uh, I think I did poorly last year. Um, So I've I've been putting a lot of thought into what I want to work towards this year. And a, a big part of that is just culling a lot of the stuff that was already in my kind of plans. Mm hmm. Uh, sort of um, GTD bankruptcy, you know. Uh, 
So you just wipe everything off the slate and start fresh. And it sort of frees you of a lot of the baggage that you were dragging along with you in terms of goals that you thought you had, but turns out they were just more of a, you know, passing fancy. Right. And so I spoke about this, I think, a little bit last week. Uh, I also think it's really important to put the plans on the calendar somewhere, somehow, you know. Uh, Start this by setting what, you know, what are called SMART goals. And SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. I think... I'm not entirely, I don't remember where that came from, but a a former manager of mine uh, used that in setting some kind of uh, mentoring goals, and it was great, you know, super, super useful. And so, you know, by setting something specific and measurable, uh, you, you can see the progress towards some very clear outcome making sure that it's attainable is really important because you can get yourself into that uh flow state whereas if it's too hard it's frustrating and if it's too easy it's boring right making it something relevant is uh something we talked about uh in the past where you want to tie it to some part of your identity you know like I've always considered myself a musician. I started taking piano lessons at the age of six uh, at my request. And, you know, uh, I haven't touched uh, an instrument in maybe 20 years. I still consider myself a musician. So setting a goal of, like, I would like to start playing guitar is relevant to me. Whereas a goal of... I would like to, I don't know, read one book a month. Yeah, I love reading. I read a lot. But there's there's no real relevance there for mm-hmm. me, you know? Um, but the, you know, kind of the, the, the point I want to focus on there is that the last part of that acronym is time-bound. And, and that's where uh, you, or I, I at least, tend to be not as thoughtful. So I'll, every kind of new idea that comes into my head, I'll just create a project for rather than just putting it into some kind of backlog of ideas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I overcommit my t- time and attention and then I get overwhelmed and I just let these things drop and then I feel bad about myself. The important projects are always going to get done because they're important. They have to get done. Right. But it's these other things that, you know, sort of speak more towards your own personal and professional development or very long-term goals because we're very, very much, we live in the present rather than thinking about our future selves. So, you know, that's why we're really bad at retirement planning is because, but I want the chocolate bar now. So by time framing your your goals and saying like okay this is how I want to uh you, you get myself to the point of playing guitar 
for you know to just to continue that example uh well how long before i want to feel that i've gotten the basics of playing guitar down and let's say it's a year you know mm-hmm. and so in the first half of the year probably i should get a guitar you know that's probably a good start so you know first quarter project is you know budget for a guitar and do some research on a good entry level guitar find lessons uh or a local teacher or whatever and time slot each of those things so that you've got kind of a almost like a gantt chart of what has to happen to go from step zero to completion and that way you can figure out what the critical path is you can figure out what the uh blockers what mm-hmm. what's going to take the longest you know what all of the the resources that you need are to do this right however so, listeners i'd like to point out that we don't actually we aren't actually advocating for you to create a gantt chart <laughs> for, hey for, if you want to create a gantt chart like more power to you i i charts are great they're the best <laughs> they're not the best they're a tool if exactly. they're a helpful tool you know why not uh and then another thing that i found really useful was you know for these okay we can set goals that's great um but how do you identify goals that are relevant how do you identify mm. goals that are uh, likely to be achieved you know what works for one person will not work for another person um and so you can do something that I, i i learned about in business school is like a swot analysis s w o t which stands for strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats and this will give you a, a good bit of insight into who you are um what you need you know what um resources you have available to yourself for doing things where your blockers are where uh you know the the difficulty lies in you know in relation for, from one goal in relation to another uh and you know what kind of threats there might be to achieving those goals so um if you're moving in if you know that you're going to be moving in the middle of the year uh very location like very um hyper local goals might be threatened by the fact that you no longer will be living in that area and mm. therefore you know uh either you need to complete them a lot faster or uh you need to maybe rethink your your approach as a kind of a contrived example but that's that's a a really useful thing i think um and then when you set the goal uh as we've spoken before you know think about the ongoing maintenance of that right because that's in 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 some cases that's more work than getting to the goal in the first place so if you want to work on an open source project great do it but if you put it put out like your v1 and then just let it die 
that's okay. Uh, you know, no judgment. Uh, but if it's something that uh, you're looking at as being sort of career building or a learning opportunity or um, something that you're building for a community, uh, there will be demands on your t- time mm-hmm. beyond when you've, you feel that your project is done. So think about how many hours you're willing to put in to maintaining this for the rest of your life. Right. And I think that's an important distinction to make, right? Like which projects have an end versus which projects are, you know, like these ongoing things that will never really have an end. You know, like there's no, like there's no end to going to the gym, right? Well, at least (laughs) probably not. I mean, (laughs) hopefully, I mean, if, if things work out, but that also means that, you know, there's, a, there's also like this big chunk of time that is now being taken out of your schedule every week. Yeah, exactly. You're like, and you won't be able to schedule more things if this is successful. Yeah, that's it. Everything that you take on is going to be at the sacrifice of something that you had previously taken on or want to take on. So mm-hmm. um, I think that being really thoughtful about your, your time commitments that way uh, can help avoid that overwhelm yeah because i feel like that's i guess like that's the biggest trap that we need that you know is important to not fall into at the beginning of the year is you know this sense of overwhelm and the you know the 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 feeling that you need to you know like overhaul you like your whole life in order to achieve your goals I think it's yeah. a lot healthier, you know, to start small, start with small habits and and build off of that. Yeah, overhauling your life to take on a particular project is uh I just don't think it's sustainable. And and that was a uh, something that I really thought about at the beginning of this year. Um so I used to have uh in OmniFocus a folder for every area of concern in my life, you know, mm-hmm. personal versus work versus, you know, business. Um, and then subfolders of like, well, you know, financial versus family and friends versus car versus hobbies versus, you know, whatever. And then within those subfolders have like various projects. And I, I thought about this a lot and I realized that I, anything that touches my life is a, a personal area of concern anything Mm -hmm. that requires anything of me is is personal so the idea of splitting this between you know work and and home didn't make it stopped making sense right instead i realized that there are really only two categories that i um respond to one is kind of like the administrivia of everyday life so like um tracking lists you know like what do i want what was a book recommendation let me you know add that mm-hmm. to a list or um product recommendations whatever movie recommendations things like that you know uh or single single action lists those kind of like tasks that aren't really a project um but you want to keep on top of you right. know so like paying your phone bill Right, exactly. I don't know, like rotating your mattress, uh, whatever, that kind of thing. 
Oh, that's, uh, and, that's something I'm, I, I might... Huh. <laughs> and then... Let me write that down. The other category is, um, like, goal-focused product, uh, projects. And this is more of a... I want to learn guitar. Right. I want to level up my front-end development skills. I want to... Whatever. So everything there can start in, like, a someday maybe backlog Mm -hmm. list and then i split all of that into near-term medium-term and long-term time frames so i'll have uh, a subfolder for do this year a subfolder for do next year do in three to five years and finally do in five or more years and for the current year i'll further subdivide that into doing the first half versus doing the second half for each half doing like Q1 or Q2 or Q3 or Q4, whatever. And then within do in Q1, do in January, do in February, do in March. Each of these are like nested folders. And depending on how long I think a project will take based on how much time I have on other projects, I stick the, that project into one of those um, periods of time where I want to complete it or where it makes sense to complete it. Mm. If I'm moving on July 1st, then anything related to moving has to be done before that, you know? Right. Um, and it's fine to, you know, I, I give myself permission to punt projects as necessary from, let's say, it doesn't look like this is going to get done in January. It doesn't matter. Move it to February, so on and so forth. But that kind of laying out in front of me when things are happening means that I don't like add these meaningless due dates to projects. Okay. You know? And they don't quite live on a calendar, but I can still keep an eye on the horizon. That's really interesting. I like that. I wrote about the approach. Uh, I'll I'll put a link in the show notes. And so far, it's been... I'm still fleshing it out. Uh, So, you know, January is pretty filled up, but the rest of the year, not so much. Hmm. But it's it's working well for me. Very cool. So that's how I've been working on my... uh, planning for the new year um i I really like your approach of doing a little bit more retrospective before doing this and i think that that is it for this week i think so speak to you next week frank see you next week angelo